Hey folks, welcome to the Creative Language Learning Podcast with Kirsten Cable and Lindsay Dow. Hello, hello, reporting live from the Polyglot Gathering in Berlin, where Kirsten and Lindsay have made their way all the way to Germany. The Polyglot Gathering started in 2014, takes place every year, and it's this big get-together and conference, and this year it's three days long, and features a good, well, it must be about 200 people here, or 300 people here. Four days long, even better. Four, four days? Yes. I keep doing this. Right, tell us about the days, Lindsay, then. Well, there's lots of lectures, lots of talks. Lecture sounds like a really boring word. There's lots of talks about languages, so much different stuff, introductions to languages, all sorts of things. Then you've also got things going on in the evening. You know, you've got um, game shows, you've got music concerts one night. There's, um, there's always the tea lounge and the bar where you can just go and hang out and talk everything language with all sorts of crazy language people like you and uh, and it's good fun it's really yeah. fun there's a book fair tonight as well I'm quite looking there forward is. to that there's yeah a fair. there's a culinary fair all sorts of fairs lots and lots of fairs yeah. fairs affairs we're going to bring it all to you today <laughs> from the polyglot gathering in Berlin which is actually sponsored by our own podcast sponsors italki which and we met them yesterday as well we met Ivan from italki Yeah, and tell us about the game that they prepared and those weird languages. Oh, so this is really cool. So in each kind of welcome pack, um, you get a tote bag, which is always fun, right? In each welcome pack, you've got a little card from my talkie, which is a language riddle. It's, it's not a riddle, it's kind of... You've got like a phrase in a language. Most of them don't have uh, English kind of, you know, Roman script. So you've got different scripts, so you can't just go on Google Translate. And then you have to translate it into one of three languages on the card. So it's all about going around, finding people, who can talk to who, how can you help each other out and get the answers to these. Uh, these. And these are quite tricky. So the first task was actually recognizing languages. We had Russian, yep. Arabic, Farsi, uh, Icelandic. Yep. And, and I'm happy to report that my week of learning Icelandic did absolutely nothing, <laughs> except I think I could recognize the word for who. I I think we probably did the best on the Icelandic one, to be fair. <laughs> of course we did. <laughs> it, is, it is day two today, so there's plenty of space still to go. <laughs> right, so we're going to be bringing you more reports as the day progresses, and I'm going to try and kind of stick the microphone in people's faces and give a few impressions. That's always a good way to make friends. It is. <laughs> it is if you're the Creative Language Learning Podcast. We're in one of the rooms, which at the moment isn't laid out like a room. No, it's like the prep room right now. In a minute, because this is like, what day is this? Wednesday. Wednesday. So this is Wednesday. the day before everything really kicks off. We have three days of full-on, no, first day, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. We've got four days of full-on program ahead of us. Um, we've already, I think we've already spoken about four languages each today. I've definitely modeled through at least three that I don't even know. At least, at least. <laughs> It's good fun. We've uh, we played a game with Sylvain Lelage, I think is his full name, and he set up a game. We had 12 objects on 12 different tables. We had to go around and guess. No English, no mother tongue. It was good. It was good. There were some very bizarre objects. What was your favorite bizarre object? The hook, I think. The, yes. the table hook? The table hook. Yeah. yeah, which is difficult to explain for the listeners of the show who can't see right now. And I've just told them what it is, which makes it even worse. So I think what I'm going to have to do is just put a picture in the show notes. <laughs> and you can just figure out by yourself what this is called and imagine that we all had to get together and describe this thing in a language that is not our native language or English. 
It was good fun. My favorite was the Japanese smile extender. Again, picture in the show notes. <laughs> so, I think uh, we're going to do some do some little things, get our badges ready, and we'll, we'll uh, tune in a little bit later on. We'll report back later. Andrea? Andrea è italiano? Sì, sono italiano. Oh, Andrea is from Italy, but he works for our awesome sponsors, iTalki. So I thought I will get him on the mic for you guys so he can do a little bit of an explanation. So what is iTalki? What's it about? Why should people go on iTalki? All right, thank you, Kirsten. So we're here at the iTalki Lounge at the Polyglot Gathering in Berlin. And uh, we're here to sponsor the event also because, you know, it's a great way to, to connect with the community. And for who of you doesn't know uh, what italki is, it's basically a marketplace where you can find uh, uh, professional teachers and community tutors from all over the world for any language and connect to them to have one-on-one classes at uh, any time. So, yeah, give it a try if you haven't uh, tried it yet. Awesome. All right. And italki are doing a special offer as well for podcast sponsors. So thank you very much, Andrea. You're welcome. It was his idea. <laughs> Which is a buy one, get one free offer. As I explained in previous shows, that's a really good, good deal. You, so you got no more excuses to avoid speaking to a native speaker of your target language. You don't even have to come to Berlin. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and all you have to do is go to fluentlanguage.co.uk slash italki to find out more. And we'll bring you more news from the gathering, I guess. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> This is Kirsten reporting still from Wednesday at the Polyglot Gathering. So we're now playing an, a, a game called the Multilingual Simultaneous Listening Game, which took about 15 minutes to explain. And what I'm going to do is I'm just going to go around the room and see if I can get some clips of people talking to each other and explaining how this works. So here is the setup, a clip of how this works to set up when people discuss which languages they actually can converse in to each other, considering we're not allowed to use our native languages or English. Oh, that'd be fun. Okay. Oh, hello. So if I'm the, if I'm the middle person, and then when you talk, it could be Spanish or Portuguese. Wait, what's your native language? German. German. Okay, so you're Spanish, Portuguese, and then you can talk to me in French. Yeah? That works, right? I mean, that works. Everybody's stories seem to be about animals. As as this, this, this is, here is Lindsay's story. That I remind you that everyone He's explaining the rules again because they made no sense the first time story. or second time round. This story must dum, dum, dum. be uh, tellable in 30 seconds. Okay? When you uh, tell the story, you don't have to, of course, to tell also the questions. The question will be later question. in phase three. Uh, yes, question? Histoire, idéalement trois, mais deux c'est suffisant pour commencer. Et salut en Georg. Mi historia. Era hace una vez un pato que soñaba en el catalán. Cada segunda noche. Pero una noche soñó en polaco. Fue tan extraño porque el pato no habla polaco. Y de repente se sintió de otra forma. Pensaba que es un lecorno con el pelo arco iris y estaba trepando algunos árboles con su amigo Marco, 
Una tortuga francesa. Whoa! Sí. Una tortuga francesa! Sí. She's basically rewritten Kafka in like 20 minutes in Spanish. This is amazing. I, This is was, amazing. That was not me. I did not write Kafka. I can't take credit for that. Oh that was Karina. Karina yeah. Karina rewrote Kafka at the Polyglot Gathering. You heard it here first. Well done. <laughs> Okay, so I'm here with Jordan, uh, aber Jordan kann auch super gut Deutsch und ist aber Engländerin. Deswegen sprechen wir jetzt ein klein bisschen Deutsch, but the listeners of our podcast mostly are English speakers, so we're going to mostly speak German. Aber Jordan, wo wohnst du und wie kommst du jetzt nach Berlin? Also um, ich wohne in Basel, in der Schweiz und ja, ich komme nach Berlin, weil ich einfach Sprachen liebe. Und mm -hmm. ja. okay, let's speak a bit of English, I guess. <laughs> so, how you, you were just telling me this amazing story about how you were getting in touch with the Swiss dialect, and I thought that was really interesting. So, can you give us a perspective on your little badges and the languages that you speak? Yeah, okay, so um, it's quite interesting. So now I'm in Basel and um, I'm an English teacher, but I'm also a healthcare assistant in an old people's home. And there it's just all in Swiss German. So you can imagine how I felt when an old man said to me, Ich habe Michelu Rettli vergessen im Zimmer. And I didn't know what he meant. And then I found out he meant a watch. Because it comes from Kelluretil, French, <gasps> and Kelluretli is a watch. Kelluretli. <laughs> yeah, uh -huh. so it's, it's really, really fascinating. And um, yeah, so the other languages, um, I lived in Valencia for a year when I was 20. And there they actually speak a dialect of Catalan, or maybe Valencian is its own language, but that's another Yeah, I heard, I heard about a Valencian, but yeah. I never really kind of looked into it. So is it kind of... Is it closer to Spanish? Uh, it's much closer to Catalan, but oh. um, it has lots of uh, Castilian influences. So when you look at it, you think more of Spanish, but it's like Catalan. Yeah. Cool. Okay. And then you've got, she has, can I just say this? This is awesome. She's got, on, at her beginner level, she's listing four languages. And yeah, there's two intermediates. It's too generous. <laughs> Well, beginner, right? So I think I might stick some more on my beginner thing as well. Yes. And then what about your intermediates? Well, um, uh, I'm learning Esperanto at the moment and it's a really great language because it's given me a good basis and I didn't actually think it would help me um, so much because I can actually um, perceive Hungarian in a different way as well. Mm -hmm. So that's a really great thing. Wow. What makes a person want to learn Esperanto? I think um, just because you can come into contact with people that are really open-minded and also have like a different vision for the world and yeah it's a positive vision it's about you know people coming together accepting each other for who we are and it's kind of like a life philosophy in a way just being and just um, Yeah, just accepting people for for who they are, and I think that's why people are always they're always so nice and friendly, like mm -hmm. the people who learn Esperanto, because they're already kind of open to cultures and they have this interest in other cultures. Yeah. Oh my God, I love it. I love how much optimism you've got, kind of in connection with languages. And when you talk about them, there's a real kind of sense of the world is a good place. Everybody should yeah. get on. Yeah. I I wouldn't be able to live without languages. Oh. 
Well, fantastic closing words. Thank you so much, Jordan. Thank you. <laughs> okay, I'm just going to be really quiet because I'm recording from the talk about the Greek language. So here's a little snippet of my big fat Greek talk. This is Lilia and she's explaining to us the different sounds of the Greek alphabet, at least the tricky ones, of which she assures us there are not many. So right now I'm here with two gentlemen uh, from the UK and from the USA. Um, first of all, we've got Tristan. Tristan, you're from the USA, right? Yeah, that's correct, yes. Okay. So whereabouts are you from? I was born and raised in Nebraska and then I moved around the world and I am living in Austin, Texas right now. Awesome. Okay. So talk me through your badge. What are your languages? Uh, well, my native language, of course, is English. Uh, when I was 17, I went and lived in Mexico as an exchange student, learned Spanish, and after college, I was in the Peace Corps for two years in Peru, and so improved my Spanish. Uh, so, uh, for the German, I taught myself German, and then in college, majored in it, as well as went and lived in Germany for a year. Okay, so, hang on, you mentioned the Peace Corps, what's that like, is that a good, is that a language learning initiative? What is it exactly? The Peace Corps is a organization by the U.S. government that goes and sends... Um, you have to be an American citizen, so it's just for Americans. Uh, Plenty of those. Yeah, well, quite a few. <laughs> uh, you have to send... or uh, Excuse me. It sends uh, Americans to other parts of the world, usually developing parts of the world, to do uh, community development projects. Okay. So what did you do in Peru? Uh, my two main projects were... Uh, founding a library in my host town. Wow. And uh, for my host family, I helped build a different kind of, a more hygienic latrine. That's amazing. Okay. And then, so we had Spanish, we had German, but we're not done with his badge. Or oh, I keep calling it a badge, your... your... My name tag. Yeah, it's your name tag. Okay, so what are your other languages? Uh, when I was in high school, I started studying uh, Esperanto. It was my first real serious go into language learning on my own. Um, I chose it because I uh, was basically tired of being monolingual and French classes were going too slow. So I jumped into Esperanto. I have never been, never gotten very fluent in it because after that is when I went to Mexico and Spanish became a priority. Uh -huh. But, um, and I don't think I'll ever become very fluent in it, but I've always, it's always been a, a, a milestone in my language learning life. So mm -hmm. I'm glad it's there. Yeah, so you're, you're proud to have Esperanto on there. Even though I don't use it very much, yeah, I'm proud of it. Esperanto is an interesting one, isn't it? Because um, there's not a lot of instruction. It's not like French or German where, or Spanish where you kind of go through it in high school, but it's much more of a language with people who teach it to themselves, isn't it? Well, I feel like, I think that's different. It's different now from when I started studying it over 10 years ago. Uh, now the internet has exploded with resources for it. True. But I mean, I'm, I don't feel like I'm the best person to talk about Esperanto with because I'm out of touch with the community. Okay. Um, I, uh, 
do feel like, though, that um, as far as finding resources on your own, it's probably one of the easiest languages out there to learn. Uh, is uh, in terms of finding free resources on, online and so forth, with the websites and uh, the way that YouTube uh, has helped create awareness of the polyglot community, and a lot of the polyglots do speak Esperanto, so it's easy to find videos of it. That's really true, yeah. And then you've got a beginner level in French and Norwegian? I'm kind of the uh, eternal beginner in French. I really do want to get better in that language because that is the language that got me interested in languages. My aunt mm -hmm. is a French teacher. She lives in, in Denver, Colorado. Uh, she got me interested in languages when I was a little kid, and uh, it's a long story, basically. But the short version is, is she introduced me to the family that she lived with while she was an au pair in France, and that opened my eyes that there is a world outside of the United States. That's really important. I think I've, I've heard this from many American citizens where they have the moment where they go, oh my God, there's more beyond our borders. And that was almost like a key moment. Yeah, that's exactly right. It was a, like a light bulb switch to use the old cliche. Yeah, so. cool. So I do want to get better. Oh, sorry. I, that's okay. I do want to get better in French, um, hopefully maybe this year. And then my final uh, language here is Norwegian. Um, and I studied that also on my own right after I studied German. And German's always been kind of my favorite language, but Norwegian was like German with all the hard stuff removed. Um, Is it? Well, not exactly, but <laughs> right after studying German, it was like a breath of fresh air. It's like, oh, the grammar's so much easier. All um, right, cool. So it was... Uh, I, I, do I would like to get better in Norwegian. It's harder to find resources for it, but uh, mm -hmm. um, it's a beautiful language, and it kind of opens the doors to Swedish and Danish, of course. Um, so an I, Icelandic. An Icelandic, although I'm not sure as much. I'm not sure it's not as close to those two, uh, those uh, other languages. Yeah, I think it's it's in the list of languages that I thought I could just pick up in two weeks because I'm German. Oh yeah. And then every time I go to the places, I realize that that is so not true at all. I always get tripped over the pronunciation, um, mm -hmm. but I, yeah. I, I'm sure I'll figure it out. It's, <laughs> I just don't know how exactly yet. Yeah. Oh no, definitely. So that's it for you guys. One man, six languages. Thanks, Tristan. I'm in an Indonesian mini course. We're all learning, learning a little bit of Indonesian. So here we are. Hi. 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 Hello. 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 This is Maria. She's teaching us a little bit. Bye. Bye. Oh, Kabar Baik. Right now it's Friday at the Polyglot Gathering in Berlin. The sun is shining, we're having a wonderful time and we've really learned a lot so far. Tell me about the talks you've seen so far. Okay, what have I seen so far? Um, you want me to talk about all of them? There's a lot. There is a lot. a lot. Well, let's stick well, to today. Today, I've just come from It's More Fun in the Philippines, which is very interesting. Oh, what is more fun in the Philippines? 
everything. <laughs> the, so I learned actually, because this has always been confusing for me, the difference between Tagalog and Filipino, and what does that even mean? Well, there's actually at least four that we discussed briefly in the presentation. Four languages? Yeah, but there's uh -huh. much more than that in the Philippines, I'm sure. Wow. Um, and Tagalog is kind of the primary one that is used and taught generally when you learn it as a foreign language so that was interesting to sort of see the differences as well and between those so that was cool wow what else and then there was you before that went to there was talk. there was i yes i am now finished i've done my talk i think it went down quite well it definitely hung together i did not fall over i did not i don't know do anything embarrassing so overall went quite well as long as you didn't fall over that is the main thing that is the main thing yeah if you missed it it's on youtube soon soonish next year <laughs> before that it was Alex Rawlings understanding the need principle which was very very interesting because mm, loved it you said that someone said to you it was all the things that you don't want to hear mm -hmm. but that you kind of know I feel like that was also Alex's talk yes you know kind of thinking oh actually he's reading into my soul a little bit here and <laughs> mm -hmm. so that was that was very good yeah especially if you are an English native speaker I think he yeah. really puts his finger on well yeah. you know why bother and it's a very good it was a very good perspective on why bother with it languages was. that was really interesting and then before that um, teaching and learning three to ten languages in one course by yeah. Elisa Polese which was very very interesting were you there in that I one? I was not the was idea was that um, she actually teaches she does this in, uh, you know this is her job as well she teaches multiple languages in one class so which is a really cool idea I think it's really and, and then actually in fact when I went to the Tagalog talk I was thinking oh this would be fun to do this with Asian languages um, you know because I'm going to be going there soon I want to get like a basics in kind of a lot of them it would be cool to do that that idea with those languages wow yeah. That's interesting. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if I'm sold on the principle because I so like going language, and then I'm still on this language, well, and you know, like doing a few in the same session sounds so cognitively intense. You have to watch the talk on, on YouTube because she True explained that. it very well. So it did make a lot of sense, and I would be intrigued to try it out and see how it works in practice, especially without a teacher. You know, because obviously she was saying it from a teacher perspective with students and not just with, with necessarily sort of polyglot students, but also people kind of more or less from scratch who maybe have done one language or done one language in school many, many cool. years ago. Uh -huh. And then, you know, she was teaching them French, Italian, Spanish, sometimes Portuguese or Catalan as well or Russian at the same time. And it was very, very interesting. She had videos of her students who had, who had done this. You know, we've had one session and this is, this is how much they could speak. And yeah, really, really interesting. Lovely. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, coming round to the idea. Coming round to the idea, as I so often do. Question of nature, I guess. It really is. <laughs> so, next this afternoon, I think there's an introduction to Ukrainian that there looks is. really good. Yes, I'm going to go there. Yeah, and our friend and uh, idol, Brian Liu, who's a super smart man, I think, is going to talk about the conceptualization of space and the environment using body part idioms, uh, which basically means when you talk about mountains, but you talk, you call them a belly. I think so. I think. We'll find out, we'll find out. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna find out really, really soon. Awesome. So guys, we'll bring you a little bit more knowledge and a little bit more reporting very soon. 
So right now I'm here with Stephen, and Stephen just told me he's from Ireland, uh, but his name badge says he lives in Holland. So there's plenty to discover, and I spot one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine different languages on there. So talk me through your languages, Stephen. Okay, well, uh, I went to school in, in Ireland, and we had to learn Irish, Gaelic. We call it, call it Irish, some people call it Gaelic. On yeah. is it's called in the, in the, in the language. Mm-hmm. I learned that from four years old until I was 17, and you would think that I was fluent, but I didn't really learn that much. Mm-hmm. I learned French at school as well, and I was kind of okay at it. But really what got me kicked off was I, in university, I went to Italy, and I decided, right, I'm going to learn a foreign language. So I start learning with BBC books. Oh, wow. Did you go to Italy as part of your degree on, like, I did, a holiday? Yeah, as part of my degree. So I went wow. there for three months. And, uh, you know, it's, it's possible to become fluent in three months. I know there's the Benny Lewis thing. So I did literally the same thing. I became fluent in three months. Uh-huh. And uh, kind of learned Italian and uh, left it at that. Forgot my French because of the similarities. Uh, if you wind the clock down forward a little bit, I moved to Holland. I decided I was just going to learn Dutch and became fluent very quickly. Dutch is quite close to English, despite people, a lot of Dutch people would say, is it difficult for you? Yeah. So there's a lot of vocabulary that's very similar to English, like True. Uh, hand, man, arm. Yeah, for me as a German, Dutch is, yeah. it's the, one of those languages where I kind of get it yeah. without really having to do very much. Okay, and you, you've got three beginner languages there. Oh yeah, I've, I've stopped and started for di- various different reasons. I was at Alex Rawlings' lecture today and he said there's a need. There's a need. And uh, I was going to Turkey and I said, okay, I'm going to learn a little bit of Turkish. Okay, I yeah. learned it very quickly, but then I forgot it very quickly afterwards as well. That happens, yeah. true, true. Okay, and, okay, so tell me about one question I have. After you discovered that it's possible to become fluent and get to a really high level in a language, say for example you're Italian did you then go back and address your Irish or did you feel no need well that actually came from my sister who's actually an Irish language teacher in in Ireland and she got got me a present that's Irish without problems and I relearned it three years ago and again to put myself in a position of needing to learn it I booked myself a weekend in the west of Ireland where they speak Irish. Fabulous! And, wow, uh, whereabouts in Ireland is in that? In Connemara. In Connemara. Just beyond Galway, just in the west coast. Fabulous! And uh, that was interesting because I was extremely nervous because you don't have the excuse of, I'm not from this country. I was in Ireland <laughs> and I was trying to speak Irish yes. and I was so terrified. So I remember I went into this bar, ordered myself a pint of Guinness, plucked up the courage and I started speaking to these guys in Irish. I said, uh, They turned around to me and in thick West of Ireland accents they said, That'll cost you 20 euros. <laughs> and I fled, I ran from the bar. <laughs> wow, but did, you got better in I, 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 I went back to the bar later on. Yeah. Like, to say use more Dutch courage and then uh, I found people that were were actually willing to speak to me. (laughs) So your courage and perseverance. Thanks so much, Stephen. That's really interesting. I'm here with Ollie Richards from the I Will Teach You a Language website, podcast, books, courses and all the other things. And uh, as promised, he will teach you a language. Hey, Ollie. Hey, Kirsten. Thank you for the introduction. <laughs> That's okay. Right. So, I've been asking all the guests to talk me through their name badges because these beautiful name badges from the Polyglot Gathering include 
we say our name on them we say where we live and then there's just stickers for every language they're really awesome and I'll put Lindsay's vlog Lindsay's video blog because I'm old uh, Lindsay's vlog in the in the show notes so you can actually see these little badges they're so cute so Ollie can you talk me through yours yeah, so I, I did something a bit different from everybody else. I just took the flag. Did you? Surprise. Yeah, <laughs> and I tried to stick the flag on the country. And then I only later discovered that they have all these different levels and things like that. So, yeah, so I've got a bunch of European languages on there. And everybody knows where France, uh, Germany, Spain, Italy and Portugal and the UK are. Mm-hmm. So I won't explain where those are. So they're all in one cluster. Did you, because I've noticed that these badges were available, they had a sticker for, you can choose your type of Spanish, so you could have Mexican Spanish or Peruvian, so yeah. is it Castilian that you actually speak? Uh, no, well, kind of, it's a bit of a mix between Argentine and Spanish from the Canary Islands, so it's not really anything in particular. I see. But actually, that you just reminded me that my Portuguese is actually Brazilian, so actually the Portugal one... Portuguese one is actually on the other side of the Atlantic in Brazil. Indeed. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So we have Portuguese, Italian, Spanish, and English, of course. And your French, native language. French and German. French and German. Which is a bit audacious of me because I only started a few weeks ago. But uh, you know, you've got to be got to be positive, right? Yeah. This and conference I, is all about audacity. That's why my badge says Luxembourgish. Yeah. Exactly. Ich <laughs> English. So. Yeah. That's a bit. Okay. <laughs> and then yeah, so if you go slightly southeast, then you get to Egypt. So I've got the Egyptian flag there, and then head really far off to the east and there is the flag of Hong Kong and the flag of Japan awesome and there I stopped and in Hong Kong people speak Cantonese Cantonese yeah. I don't know why I can never remember that but I can't my apologies to okay. the country I'll, of Hong Kong I'll, I'll apologise on your behalf oh okay <laughs> do it then in Cantonese uh, before we started recording, Ollie did say to me, you're not going to make me speak these languages, and here I am, putting you on the spot. You're putting me on the spot. Yeah. Well, you can yeah, say Kirsten is a smelly pig if you wish. Don't. <laughs> Kirsten, I had to do... <laughs> and that's it from the Polyglot Gathering, <laughs> where it's all fun and games. That's clever. You did ask me to say that. <laughs> <laughs> and as I said... In that final clip with Ollie Richards, this is it for 2016 from the Polyglot Gathering, or as I'm secretly calling it in my head, Language Nerd Fest 2016 here in Berlin. There's been so much learning going on, a really wonderful event. Congratulations to the event organizers who put this together, who brought us all to Berlin. There's people here from all around the world asking interesting questions, talking about interesting things, learning a little bit of a new language. And I have even broken my streak of only ever really looking at European languages and learning European languages by dipping my toe into Indonesian and also going to a talk about Japanese, which was incredibly exciting. So no matter who you are, I think you would find something at this event to really, really enjoy. And it might be one to check out. As Lindsay mentioned, there are two similar events happening this year. The North American Polyglot Symposium, which is in Montreal in June, and the Polyglot Conference, which is going to take place in Thessaloniki in Greece, and that is at the end of October. All that's left for me to say is goodbye. Thanks so much for listening. And for the next episode, we will see you and hear you and you will hear us from the studio when everything's back to normal.
Thanks for listening to the Creative Language Learning Podcast, guys. Don't forget to subscribe and to rate the podcast in iTunes or on Stitcher. That's always very much appreciated. If you have any feedback or you've got any questions, you can email me, Kirsten, K-E-R-S-T-I-N, at fluentlanguage.co.uk, or you can find me on Facebook, Fluent Language Tuition, or on Twitter, at Kirsten Hammers, that is K-E-R-S-T-I-N-H-A-M-M-E-S. 